Hello and welcome to episode nine of season three of the Lavender Menace podcast. My name is Sunny. I'm one of your co-hosts. I use they, them pronouns and I'm literally so excited. Hello, I'm also the other co-host of the Lavender Menace Renaissance, you say them pronouns, and I'm, I'm absolutely buzzing today um, <laughs> because we are collabing with my favorite podcast at the moment. I'm fangirling as well as just excited <laughs> to record this episode. We're collabing with the Archers, everyone. Woo! Everyone the cheers. Archers. Oh, yes. Hello. So would you guys like to introduce yourselves, names and pronouns, both of us? Yeah, so hello, I'm Katie. I use she, her pronouns. Uh, Yeah, I'm one of the co-hosts of The Archers. I'm so happy to be here. We're so excited to have you because The Archers is is like the penultimate like Gaylor podcast. So it's like the, you know, anyway. Oh my god, I'm like blushing. Uh, me too. Um, this is Madison. I'm the other co-host of the Archers. Um I go by they, them, or she, her pronouns. I really I'm just a person. And mm. um yeah, I'm so excited to be here. I've listened to the Lavender Menace since like before we even started our podcast. So oh yeah, like I think you guys really were like a like subconscious inspiration for starting the archers. So I don't know, no. or at least for me, like being down to start the archers. I don't right. Know. Right. Yeah, because it's so funny because your TikTok is like what really got me into like <laughs> Gaylor theorizing. Like, I thought I was like crazy. Like I thought I was like hearing things. And then I was like, <laughs> your like first couple of like viral TikToks where you're like, no, like this is I spent five hours last night <laughs> reading these obscure <laughs> literature articles from like 18 something about why this song is gay. And I'd be like, so true, Madison. Thank you. So true. Thank you. So true. Madison has a TikTok account called at Groupon Mom, which I'm sh- if you listen to this podcast, you should it's be familiar with the it. Bible. Like no literally textbook but anyway so we're excited to bring you our taylor swift content today um and as usual we have our three-act structure for the lavender menace podcast first a hot take then discussing some media and then recommending each other media but now that we have four people instead of just two it's gonna be like so much more fun and exciting so (laughs) everyone say slay um No, um, but yeah, so let's just get into let's get into the hot take, which I think is going to be related to the rest of this episode. So um this listener, I'm just gonna keep them anonymous. Dear Sunny and Renaissance, this message is a bit different from what you usually ask for, but I wanted to thank you slash generally send gratitude through the internet if such a thing is possible. I discovered your podcast near the end of 2021 while I was going through a pretty devastating friendship breakup with a few people parentheses, all bisexuals with boyfriends. While I struggle to understand if I actually have attraction to men or if it's just compat. The friendship ended because I was deep in grieving the loss of my greatest father figure, my grandpa, and they just couldn't be supportive. Listening to the pod has given me such a good outlet for my own sexuality and gender identity and a good laugh at the stupid internet discourse my old friends used as foundational text for their lives, lol. <laughs> Wow. Anyways. I love our listeners. Our listeners are so sincere, but so chaotic and shady. (laughs) And they do these 180 tone shifts in their emails all the time. It will be the most heartbreaking thing and then the funniest, shadiest thing you've ever read. And I'm like, guys, I can't keep it together. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Anyways. I mean, that situation, I feel like that happens like 
to every queer person at some point like actually there's a friend group that's like chronically online that you have to distance yourself (laughs) from and then they said anyways the point of me sending this message was to say that you both may have turned me into a Swifty. While I was in downtown Denver getting coffee with two of the friends, uh, we struck up a conversation with an unhoused man who ended up giving me a folklore CD. He went on about how Taylor Swift was really such a talented young woman and she's really grown into her own and become a wonderful poet. I never really listened to it, but I keep it because I'm a sen- I'm sentimental like that. My friends brush it off because dumb women make dumb pop music. But now I've been listening to the CD. I've had This Is Me trying on repeat for weeks and thinking of how shitty they were to me and thinking about how much of a genius Taylor Swift is and how you two have literally never said anything wrong ever. <laughs> oh my God. Anyways, <laughs> this is getting long and I apologize if it's giving me- mega parasocial vibes. <laughs> But I feel like the pod has made this weird imprint on a very strange and transitional point in my life. Thank you both and much love. Ah, oh, so lovely. Oh my God. Like, what? I love when people are like, not to be parasocial, but I love you. Yeah. <laughs> but so, Actually, I mean, uh, sweetly, our listeners are so, so sweet, especially the ones who take the time to send emails because like, emails you know right <laughs> so, it's like sending a modern day like letter, letter. you know yeah, <laughs> like, it is. Yeah. so yeah. they're always so so sweet wow mm-hmm. I mean I don't know medically if listening to this is me trying for that long is safe <laughs> for like I'm not sure if the CDC would recommend that necessarily oh, to keep right. your immune system up mm-hmm. um but I mean it is some of her best work like it it hits it yeah. hurts immensely like live laugh love actually it's like struggle this cry, is me trying yeah. <laughs> actually okay we have another hot take Isaac says hello lavender menace podcast it's been a while I've been going literally psychotic with school so I had to take a break from twitter and tiktok but I kind of missed the chaos oh wait Isaac was the one who sent us the hot take about reputation not being good which is so funny <laughs> because oh, that's a hot take. Yeah, in this like day and age. yeah, literally we not agree with that hot take. Yeah, but we're, now we're in these. You should listen to it again. <laughs> we did I mean, tell him to listen to it again. I'm of the opinion that like that's actually a, a freezing cold take because it's like <laughs> we've heard it I mean, before. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Everyone says reputations. It's bad. like a day Try harder. Tea day old tea take it's like mm. it was hot in like 2017 yeah but then again if you only have heard about reputation from our podcast you'd think that it was the best album ever written out <laughs> to true. everyone <laughs> so like it, in this space it is a hot take because that's true like rap is like bible here so no actually, the temperature right. of takes is relative <laughs> exactly exactly Truly. And then the rest of the message says, this one isn't a hot take, more as a sharing of an experience, and I need to vent about it, so I might as well, dear Abby, this or whatever. So I follow you guys on Twitter. So my friend, who happens to be bi, asked me about y'all, blah, blah, blah. She's like, they're biphobic, and I just had to roll my eyes. God truly gave one of his hardest battles, being a Lavender Menace podcast stand, to one of his weakest soldiers. This is my cross to bear. <laughs> Anyway, so I was actually excited because she brought this topic up and I was literally in a room full of eight bisexual people. I was the only not bisexual person there. While they might have only been exposed to this discussion through incendiary social media discourse, I, I could have used the opportunity to explain some more in-depth analysis on queer theory. 
We all know how that went. Fucking failed. It was meant to be casual. I wasn't being didactic. I tried to explain to them what y'all say. Biphobia isn't its own axis of oppression. It's an intersection of homophobia and misogyny slash heterosexism. That, that's an objectively correct statement. And I tried to explain to them like Marxist conflict theory and homosociality. Yes, all of this. And I tried to go into all of these ideas, but they wouldn't hear a thing. And I wasn't even saying anything offensive. Like I wasn't saying you aren't bi, you're not queer, get out of the community. I was just asking them to consider like their privilege in a kind way too. These people are my friends. Uh, I wasn't yelling or something. Uh, some people will never learn. I tried to explain that nobody is invalidating their queerness and I empathize with how they feel like they don't belong in the community and too gay for guys, too straight for girls. Like I get it. But also lesbophobia is real. Damn. Also, I realized that literally none of them have ever spoken to a lesbian in their lives. Like they don't have lesbian friends. And I'm like, y'all really are stomping over folks. It's the invisible sexuality. And when I'm out here, when I'm out here, long lasting trauma from my sexuality, unable to date because my only option is men and I have severe trauma around attraction to men. And y'all are saying that there's no difference in the bi versus gay experience. It was so horrifying and I wanted to cry. And me being a guy, like people will hear me, people hear men more, unfortunately. They will tokenize gay men, not really listen to what we say, but they hear. Some folks don't know a single lesbian in their lives and will never hear that perspective. That was a mess of a rant, but and there's so much nuance that I couldn't even properly explain because it wasn't my own lived experience in my entire life. I do not pass a straight in any fashion. And that has terrified me. Even now I consistently try and mask myself and even have this persistent thought of like convince them that you're bisexual and even almost create a dating profile saying that I'm bi. Being bisexual would literally be climbing up one rung of the ladder on like the social pegging order. And the worst part, when I have done that, I get loads of swipes and matches, even when you're on Grindr, which not to bring that unholy name into this email, if you put yourself as one of those like by DL mask, like they just come running like bats out of hell to his DMs. <laughs> Gay men can fucking suck. Transphobia is everywhere. I'm really low-key not in the gender binary, kind of my little secret. I don't even know how I feel about it, but damn, I'm never coming out. I spent so long trying to grapple with being gay, and I spent so much time trying to make myself digestible to the world, finding my social place, and then trying to make myself desirable to gay men, that if I came out as non-binary or something like that, it'd be all the way over. Where would I fucking go? The only hot take I can think of is, do y'all think loving Taylor Swift will be a phase for us? Like, if we get off of social media, do you think we'd practically forget her? Because social media algorithmically draws us into fandoms. Do you think the new Swifties, me admittedly, will be long lasting Swifties? Also, I'm still listening to the Shawn Mendes podcast, but I saw this tweet that was like, Harry Styles is praised for dressing slash acting femininely. Why isn't Shawn Mendes? And I'm excited to see the podcast give me new line thinking to address that question. My first suspicion is that Harry Styles gives straight passing vibes. And so we all automatically respect him for that because of the way socialization works. So when we see him in dresses or strange outfits, we get the sense that he is wearing a piece of fabric and not that he is a feminized little bitch or something. <laughs> he doesn't have a, that voice Sean has, like quote unquote gay voice. Harry Styles, because of his identity, is like a tourist in these clothes. We get the sense that he will take them off and return to his rightful place in the pecking order above us. Sean Mendes sounds kind of gay. The difference is Sean just doesn't beat the allegations. He has the stench of queerness around him and society can tell. He looks like he's floundering to remain on top. These are all very complicated woven social dynamics. So yeah, listen to the episode right now. Love the show. Keep doing the work. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ike. Oh, that had so many layers. To it. I loved every yes. second of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Our emails are so much fun. This listener just tweeted me like three days ago, like tweeting my quote at me which mm -hmm. I, I think is so funny mm -hmm. of when I said do I think Harry Styles has such dick yes I think that who do I think is gay Sean Mendes yes and I iconic line <laughs> <laughs> it's 
it is it is one of my more iconic ones I'm not gonna lie but um that's really funny because like (laughs) thank you very much because it is true that like there are some people that are just they're never gonna be able to pass and they'll always be clockable Mm -hmm. and that is usually more true for gay men mm-hmm. as like all of society whereas mm-hmm. like someone who's taylor swift who i would deem will never has never passed a day in life <laughs> and is very clockable from a mm-hmm. hundred miles away but the thing is that only other sapphics will ever pick up on that because no one right. really cares about women's sexuality in the yeah. same way that men are expected to perform their sexuality right. women are allowed to be weird and quirky and have best friends but if a guy had a really close best friend that he then wrote right where he left me about <laughs> friends like, break up friends get married what do you mean no, like <laughs> what friends get married what do unless you it's a boston of married right to get to like the trying to explain how sunny and i aren't biphobic which i mean a struggle to the end of time I think, right because i made the tiktok i didn't even say i texted with sunny after i posted it where i said i didn't say the b word because i, I didn't say did the b word we did not that that, that discourse again. again right and it's the one the trend with the outcast song and i talk about lesbophobia i kind of went low-key, a little a little bit successful and i'm like oh. Like, yeah, it did Loki go viral. <laughs> it, like it did. Yeah. Because Sunny, I have like filters on comments. So all yeah. of those comments are pre-approved. Yeah. And the number of comments that I had to delete saying either this can apply to bi people or and me being like, I'm talking about lesbophobia. Like, s- s- please, please. It's not, it, <laughs> and then, sure, it can, but that's not what I'm talking about right now. Yeah. So, yeah. Exactly. Oh. And then I was like, well, what about bi people who are in long-term relationships with women? Yes, obviously, because they would be in the same material class as their lesbian partners. (laughs) That's not what I'm talking about. It's the same way that there are non-Black people who face anti-Blackness. There are cis people who hate crime because they're perceived as trained, even if they're not. But that's obviously when people talk about anti-Blackness or transphobia. They're not talking about the cis people and the anti-Black people that also experience that. So when I talk about lesbophobia, it's not because I'm trying to exclude any particular person. It's because the lens that I'm looking at is lesbian specific and prioritizing lesbians. And there were other comments that were like, oh, I was going to like this, but then I saw whose account it was. And I'm not gonna like, and that shit our other cracked content my, and oh was my like, God. please. Like, you guys are right about this, but you said that biphobia isn't real, <laughs> so you're wrong about everything. And I was like, have you considered the fact that you agree with our other takes, not our biphobic ones, or biphobic our hashtag biphobic ones? ones. <laughs> that maybe we've done we a make little sense. bit of thinking. <laughs> like, this, perhaps. But if you actually listen to what we had right. to say, yeah. Anyways, biphobia takes started out like they were just so normal and like yeah. intense, but then they spiraled so quickly because of the comments being like making it about things that it wasn't about like right. like you said like they just they made it into their thing and that's not what you were doing right you were talking from the lens of lesbian takes on biphobia not necessarily what is biphobic what isn't if it's real if it's not like mm-hmm. which like 
it's not systemically and you guys mm-hmm. actually my mind on that a lot I right. for some reason thought it was and then I, I, kind of your explanation really pushed me past that and it did yeah. make me uncomfortable mm-hmm. and so when I read the comments of people being like you're wrong like da 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 and they all getting angry I'm like you guys didn't sit with like your, your discomfort enough mm-hmm. to reflect on why you feel so uncomfortable about this take and like you said all of those people or a lot of them were people that were already fans of like your guys's other takes on stuff so it's mm-hmm. like consider why you feel uncomfortable with this one yeah even if you don't agree with it consider why you're you feel the need to react this way rooted in a place of lesbophobia you know yeah and yeah. like a lot of the people who disagreed with us didn't consider the fact that we're, we're talking about very specific circumstances of like our very first episode that ever had to do with you know bisexual <laughs> sapphics and their relationship mm-hmm. to the sapphic community had to do with bisexual women who were had like cis het boyfriends who then would fetishize or desexualize relationships with lesbians mm-hmm. or be like my relationship would be better if I wasn't dating men or shit on the fundamental concept of dating men which like of course like sure shit on dating men like I'm a lesbian I'm not going to stop that right but the idea that everything is is flowers and rainbows and cupcakes and cottage because you're dating a woman right completely it disregards the reality of what it's like to have an actual relationship because a relationship's not based on just the partner that you're dating or the aesthetics. It's based on how that relationship actually functions. So this idea that lesbians are different than men in that way, you're, that a relationship would take any less work than regardless of the gender of the person you're with, just completely makes lesbians as this like monolithic non-real partner um yeah. it's kind of validating yeah exactly and that is what our original take was is that like and people calling their relationships like queer without ever having the externalized realities of having what it means to be a queer relationship mm-hmm. and I think this also has to the history of like the queer community used to be like black centered and so there was that communal behavior that came from other marginalized communities but right. I find that a lot of the people who want to disagree with us based off of their individual identity and their individual feeling are often white, younger, queer people who don't have any experience with what it means to have a collective experience or, or a community in that way and think that their, you know, interpersonal interactions that make them feel maybe invalidated or make them feel bad are a form of oppression, a systemic oppression. And that's not the case. With how the internet works and stuff, it's like what you perceive is real. You internalize that as real when it's not, but I don't know. I mean, like how how have you guys had to react to backlash to your guys' like Gaylor takes or like, I don't know, your content online or whatever? Because I know you've definitely received vitriol on that end. Like how's that been mm-hmm. like for you guys? Well, okay. So I really want to hear Madison talk about this because I'm endlessly fascinated by Madison's like how public of a gayler uh, <laughs> but I have to be honest with you guys and please everyone knock on wood for me right now I've never experienced uh Hitler anti-gayler backlash personally wow I think our podcast is like kind of being protected by a sweet loving gayler bubble right now (laughs) right we haven't like got any direct hate to the podcast and as far as like my tiktok like I purposefully my tiktok is like me making aesthetic videos (laughs) and most of the time like 
like um, truly my tiktok is like not something i want other people besides people that know me to like right. witness you know yeah so <laughs> that the and like tiktok is you'll think only people who know you see it and then you have one that the algorithm for whatever reason just plucks out yes. and it's like i'm gonna show this yeah. in five seconds and has well, three typos and you look terrible i'm gonna show it to a hundred thousand people yeah and you're like okay Cool. So I have been preparing myself for that, but I feel like TikTok really hates fat people above all else yeah. because it's a visual medium. Yeah. So like, I really am counting on never going viral on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm good. Counting on it. I'll be safe. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If it, if I do go viral, like I'll like, we'll see what happens, but yeah. Um, I've been pretty protected and again please knock on wood I'm not asking for this like I'm very <laughs> grateful that I've been protected from this uh, oh yeah I think the reason that the, the first archers, communion of Gaylers literally yeah. <laughs> the archers is such a safe space I think because we made it a point from the beginning to veer away from applying labels to Taylor at all because I know that that's what kind of gets people fired up and we made it a point to not discuss her relationships because that's also something that gets fired up and both things that don't matter in the context of analyzing her lyrics for like queerness yeah. like yeah. that just literally doesn't even relate to what we do on the podcast anyway so right. I think that's why we have such a safe space with the podcast but my tiktok on the other hand i do post more of my like lukewarm takes not even my hottest <laughs> takes because I'm scared. No. but my we're lukewarm, terrified yeah <laughs> please and even then i get like hate and i also just yeah. started filtering my comments last week because mm-hmm. i just like I, it was too much for me to open the app mm-hmm. and every single time see someone mm-hmm. calling me creepy invasive yeah. weird yeah. stupid fucking whatever else right. biphobic as yeah. like a fluid person I'm like no um <laughs> Jesus. but no yeah I get that a lot I'm like people are like oh well if you're using the label queer or gay to describe Taylor then you're saying she's a lesbian and I'm like no I'm not and like that's like lesbophobic what? in and of itself because what would be wrong with that right. and then yeah and then I get the biphobia comments a lot and I want to respond to every single one so badly with my being and be like shut the fuck up like I'm literally I I don't label myself as bi but I am fluid like you can't just say that like it's just simply not true um that's the worst one that I I hate but I am so appreciative for the podcast being like a safer place because the second I mentioned Joe Alwyn, the second I mentioned Taylor wearing a bi wig, even people yeah. are like, I'm trying to push labels on her. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, I'm not pushing any label. I'm exploring the idea of it. Yeah, and that's yeah. okay. And if you don't think that's okay, then you just have like some internalized weird homophobia, lesbophobia. Yeah like whatever all these intersections of things within you that make you uncomfortable and that's why you're reacting this way and that's not my issue no actually I mean that kind of makes me think of that one a conversation I was having with like another gayler who's been in the gayler trenches since like 2015 like (laughs) (laughs) no it's been yeah and she was saying like I was like sending her like long messages explaining what I was referencing your guys's evermore episode and talking about like mm-hmm. your analysis on like so gold good. rush being the gayest song oh, and yeah. I was like episode. Oh, doing gosh. like the so line by line analysis and stuff she was like Sunny I know that like you're more into the whole like lyrical analysis thing but the thing that gets me is just like looking at like the celebrity lives situation like seeing like who who is going where at what time like what is so funny because that's exactly what you were talking about in terms of like, like people get mad when you speculate about like 
real life people's whereabouts despite like you're a celebrity like that's the nature of celebrity is that you're when you're in public you're in public you know like everyone's gonna know Mm -hmm. um versus us like really doing close readings of the text which I think you guys do so well which I mean either way you're gonna get like hate which is fucking insane because it's like you're just pointing out what's there like you're just pointing out what is being said what's explicit what's available for anyone to see that's why I think the lyrical analysis was our focus from the beginning because it's like you can't argue with analysis you can't argue with literary fact and queer history ingrained Mm -hmm. in that like you can't Mm -hmm. argue with queer coding you can't argue with all these things I mean they try (laughs) (laughs) the number one thing that Hitler say on my page which is so ironic to me because it's like this is my main focus on my page they say I think analyzing queer lyrics is okay, but trying to fit her into a label or calling her queer is weird. Yeah, and yeah. they will comment that on my queer analysis videos where I tiptoe around the idea of Taylor being queer, right. just to try to get through to them that it's there and why we see it. And they still leave comments like that. And I'm like, okay, but we, I just, I didn't say <laughs> yeah. the one coming to that conclusion that I am assigning her as queer. What if I'm just exploring the lyrics that still makes you uncomfortable and that shows something? You know what is so interesting when I hear you say that medicine I am realizing that our podcast and the archers we truly went into it as if we lived in a world where everyone knows that Taylor is queer but no (laughs) one's talking about it right right exactly and like Mm -hmm. I kind of so I like I'm kind of obsessed with how Madison and I decided to like gaslight the world (laughs) with our podcast I thought it was all assumed we're just telling you why exactly like even the way that we started like marketing it or whatever like Uh announcing it we were like Everything that you've heard about Taylor uh, is wrong. And mm-hmm. finally, you're going to get a queer perspective on it. Mm-hmm. And like from episode one, literally delving into why we call it the Archers, we're not like, so we think maybe Taylor's queer. Like, we don't do that at all. <laughs> we're like, so Taylor's queer. Right. She wrote the Archer. The assumption that you exactly. already know that. Yeah. We're not exactly. trying to convince you she's queer. We're like, we all know she's queer. And now we're going to tell you, we're going to dive right. into the lyrical analysis. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of similar to how we approach. Like, mm-hmm. we are like communists. We're like feminists. Like, we obviously <laughs> have these very yeah. stringent political takes, unless it's directly related to a take that was submitted. Like, rarely do we sit down and say, this is what we believe. And this is why. This is why you should think that what we believe is true and correct and why yeah. you should also ascribe to this ideology like it's just it's already assumed that if you're listening then you're already in on this you you're at least like you're not gonna be like boo capitalism is so awesome I love it so much like you know people I mean? are crazy they're yeah. talking about capitalism in such a bad way like no if you're listening you probably already <laughs> us on that base ground yeah right right well yeah. in our first episode as in the lavender menace is kind of similar because our first hot take was like is taylor swift like queer baiting or something like that oh i didn't know that yeah well first of all we did not do any testing before so our first episode isn't up at instagram live i just want to be (laughs) clear on that that's how that happened and we tell our whole origin story in our in our 2021 wrap-up if you really want to know the the details of that oh yeah our first episode was you know do we think that taylor Swift is queer baiting and sunny and i's responses one real people can't queer bait into no because she's queer like queer people can't queer oh my bait. god thank you and that I... was like our response to it was like she can't pretend to be something that she is so 
if she is gay, then she just is gay. Another thing that I love about you guys' podcast as well is that like, it's not even outing Taylor Swift. It's like, here's Taylor Swift outing herself in every single song she's ever in, screaming <laughs> at the rooftops. Vegas, like, uh, it's not as oh my gosh because okay okay another tiktok related thing i didn't think there's gonna be such a tiktok heavy but it's sunny me and matt it's how we're all <laughs> yeah. TikTok. exactly but the thing that really brought the whole hashtag biphobia discourse onto our tiktok the lavender menace problem it was off of your comment section actually madison i think trying to like battle hetlers and then i made a video reply and then hetlers kept on dogpiling that and i kept on replying and then I just posted, not my face wasn't in it, not me speaking at all. It was clipped from Miss Americana where she says, gay pride makes me me. And people were saying I was putting a label on her and I was being invasive. And like, I was like, she said it. It's in her documentary that's about her talking about a song called Me that she dropped on Lesbian Visibility Day in which the background of the song was saying that gay pride was just as integral to her identity as loving cats. And we're talking about Taylor Swift. Something that's really me outing her and people saying that I was outing her for posting it. I'm like, it's her documentary on Netflix. How can I out someone that I don't even know? <laughs> also exactly. that part. And it's just the, like, this what we need to bring queer literature like to the classrooms because yeah. queer writing, even if it's the writings that are like the song Mine, which I'm sure we'll get into, is so gay. Gays of all the generations who have heard the song know that it is. And whether or not Taylor knew that about herself at the time or not, there is some like subconscious and innate perspectives that sapphic women are going to have regardless of how they externalize their views on romance and relationships and how they view their partners. Whether that's as a bisexual person or lesbian or just any other identity, sapphism is going to bring this kind of perspective. And so this idea that we can out Taylor Swift, who either in her previous works before she knew about herself, which her MySpace posts prove otherwise, or all the way to Evermore, which is like <laughs> literally Emily Dixon getting the best head of her life. Like, you can't tell me that Taylor Swift doesn't know this because it's there. She Please. does it, you know? I'm not really... When I used to respond to Hitler's, I would always just say, take it up with Taylor. I'm not the one writing it. Yeah. And I've, I've also started to like, just say that I'm like, if I'm reading the lyrics that she says that she wrote herself and that she's a like, before the folklore era was like a diarist writer, like wrote her literal perspective and views on life and things that are happening to her, it, it, about her that she wrote and she published, why am I the bad guy for reading the things that she put under her name? I'm not sneaking into her house and reading out her taxes. Like, I'm not, you know. This it is messes public with, information. Their, with their little perspective that they have on her and the way that they personally relate to her in like a parasocial way. Like, it's like mm-hmm. they hold her on this pedestal of like, oh my gosh, she's so much like me. She's so relatable. She writes these songs that I relate to. Therefore, her life must be similar to my life. Some of them are gay then. Bro, sex Some of these bitches gay. <laughs> Thank you. Not related to Taylor, Taylor, why are there straight gay. Gaylers on the um, Gayler Reddit? Have you guys noticed that? Me and Katie talk about this all the time. And what? it's not a problem. It's not There's a problem. straight Gaylers on this Gayler? Okay, I don't go on I, Reddit, but I would love to know. You're not on okay, Gayler Reddit? Maybe n- no. not to out people, not to actually start outing people. You need to start outing these straight Gaylers. <laughs> <laughs> to me, Speaking of outing. 
be more logical. Please, please, something's not right. Well, that was when because I was talking about right where you left me, and I'm like, you need to stop calling this friend breakup. You need these things. They're just like, oh, it obviously is about this person. That's a friend breakup. All these straight girlies that are like, sometimes my friend breakups hurt more than these useless guys that I date. I'm like, you <laughs> need mirror, like hot and kettle situation. Like some of you, if you have these like three year long best friendships where you sleep in the same bed and have sleepovers all the time and share everything and then have this tragic heartbreaking falling out that leaves you an empty shell for months afterwards, but you're still straight with this, and that hurts more than <laughs> romantic breakups. We like, I have mm. friendships that I also call divorces. Maybe you should have gotten divorced. Maybe you should have gotten gay married. And <laughs> like, maybe that's something that you like, should have considered. Being an unmarried woman using divorce as much as she does. Open yeah. your eyes. Open. Open <laughs> Open <in the> eyes. <laughs> Please. I'm really, I'm so grateful that you said all that renaissance because <laughs> I think a lot about the kind of insane duality between like that so many like straight kind of bi-curious identifying women, like they wouldn't probably use the term bi-curious, um, but they, you know. That's for all I mean. intents and purposes, consider themselves that. Um, and so many of them are like, yeah, I'm really sexually attracted to women, but I could never imagine having a relationship with a woman. Like the amount of straight women or, you know, women that like say that, I'm like, okay, like, what do you think a relationship is? Like, because you have best intense female friendships yeah and you like to have sex with women like what that that equals relationship this is why i'm a relationship anarchist because what is friendship if not romance and intimacy packaged differently right yes i mean the reason why i think i relate so much to taylor's like why I opened my eyes to her being queer um, and I saw all of the signs that she's been dropping I was like holy shit I'm madly in love with like everything she's written because she's exclusively writing about homoerotic female friendship right <laughs> right right and like Lizzie my wife who I talk about all the time on the archers um, she and I fell <laughs> We're we're truly a big fan of your <laughs> being a fan. So oh my god, I'm gonna um, okay. I can't. <laughs> Lizzie and I were best best friends since we were teenagers, and we Classic. got to a point when we were 22 that we had to get 22. blackout. Dr- yeah, we were feeling 22, and <laughs> oh, what yeah. feeling 22 to us meant was getting blackout drunk in order to feel like we could touch each other's hands. Right because like we would be sleeping in the same bed when we'd have sleepovers because like you know I would just go vi- like we'd just be visiting <laughs> our, right, each other reading Katie and, and your wife <laughs> <laughs> just Bye. describe them <laughs> I know. um like it's just so crazy like the gymnastics we would do to not be intimate with each other that just grew into like an intense resentment and like extreme anger and like thank god I 
like had the epiphany that I did when literally I was just laying in bed one night and I was like, holy shit, I think Lizzie and I are in love with each other. <laughs> Sorry. And holy I, shit. Like, I like wow. knew in that moment that we were in love with each other. And not only did I know that, not only did I like realize like I'm in love with Lizzie, but I knew in my body, I was like, and Lizzie's in love with me. And if I call her right now Baller. and tell her this, Baller. she's going to be like, oh, wait, yeah, I'm in love with you. Not oh this story God. arc being like 1989. <laughs> basically. That's what I'm saying. Like um, that, like Taylor's music describes like the very real, like lesbian experience that I have, you know? Yeah. Right. And I just wish that like, people that are relating so much to Taylor's music and then they're like but she's not queer I'm not queer it's like I bitch I think you are (laughs) people that are like I'm queer and I think you guys are weird Taylor's straight yeah yeah people do that to me too those are my least favorite because like yeah I'm a lesbian too and I don't think please free yourself I'm like okay be boring then like sorry I'm I'm a gay person who likes that all of the people that I like are also gay because I think being gay is cool right I'm also gay. Like yeah. I think Taylor Swift is cool. So I'm going to bestow her with the honor it's of an honor. Gay exactly. lesbian, You know? Like, Boyfriend Taylor. She didn't yes. write London Boy because she is in love with certain people. She wrote London Boy because she wants to She wants to cosplay. Her little as- Pennsylvanian ass wants to cosplay <laughs> as a London boyfriend. Okay? No, she's the English so, oh, yeah. boyfriend. I love listening to y'all's podcast. You're like, we don't want to call names or... Like, you don't want to, like, make fun of her, like, too hard, except I love when you make fun of the it was a mansion line. I think it's funny every time, by the way. I love That's my favorite thing that we made fun of her. You guys, you'll be, like, talking about a completely different song and be like, remember, it wasn't a mansion. Remember, Taylor's poor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Taylor comes from a working class background. She's selling mini houses. And she had to learn how to drive a boat. So I think we need to all remember that exactly. when we talk about Taylor. Do not forget her rough roots that she came from. <laughs> exactly. I feel like if we ever made Archer's merch, it would definitely have to be like, and by the way, it's so funny. But I think to get back to the hot take before we get into the mm. share media, because oh, yeah. you know, we do love just talking about sapphic taylor to talk about like who will be the long-standing 50s yes. i think regardless of if you've been a lifelong or more recent like the gamblers are the ones who are gonna stick it out ride or fucking of, die oh because that also till the F- hugo-esque memoir drop that's like it's what, gonna I was be- just about to say. <laughs> that's what i was gonna <laughs> say too we all know because, it's gonna come no we're so yeah. excited in the end it will be and Celia was my wife. Like, we will get the moment. <laughs> and who will be there to celebrate? Taylor's. And Taylor's, it'll be like Swifty Rapture. Like, those, <laughs> like that is what's going to happen. And no, I think, you know, for me, I was like, I remember so clearly in first grade at recess, my friend teaching me Taylor's lyrics. I want to like memorize them. To yes. be able to like sing along to every yes. word. I and remember she show. had the album, so she had like the the, the lyrics on the inside. Oh and, gosh, and yeah. She memorized them, and then every recess, I was like, okay, verse one, this recess, second recess, verse two. Anyways, so we do that, and then obviously, yeah, like there's the whole like reputation 
coming out of the Swifty era. Well, 1989, very peak for me. Um, it sounds like we Swifty had era. literally the same exact timeline because I also had a peak at 1989 and yeah. I also would print Taylor Swift lyrics out and read them at recess with my friends. I'm like, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. God, I swear to God. So, and then I fell off during and reputation. Yeah. Exactly. And then obviously having my own like coming of age and realizing that I'm, you know, queer and then further realizing that I'm a lesbian and then falling back in love with Taylor Swift. It shows that like truly our love lasts so long. Like Amen. the queer relationship that even if Taylor Swift isn't queer, which she is, <laughs> the relationship to her is always going to be queer. It was a yeah. queer kid on the playground. Mm-hmm. It was the my not like other girls phase and mm-hmm. not liking her and her mm-hmm. also wanting to be her better than like revenge. With mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> and you know, my I bitch thing about me, like Taylor, I'm sure you are upset that I'm not a fan of yours anymore. <laughs> and then coming back, begging like champagne problems for her to marry me. You know, all of that, the whole, the whole queen's wow. gambit, if you will. I yeah. I did that with her. And now I am here to the end. To stay. I, she is yeah. not left in the diner where I left her. Okay. We're back together. Right. Being so, gay isn't a phase. Being a Swifty isn't a phase. In fact, things are deeply interrelated and fundamental no, to my it's identity. A like <laughs> it's forever more, if you will. Literally. So true. It's time for us to do our Taylor Swift song ranking. So all four of us have compiled our top 10 favorite Taylor Swift songs of all time. I'm literally so fucking excited. Um yeah yeah that's our shared media taylor swift music obviously obviously her whole discography like our top 10 um do you guys want to start like go around with our number 10 maybe yeah yeah that's a good idea (laughs) oh my god i cannot believe i have to say i did not i didn't expect to like really be put on the spot for <laughs> numbers of them. i just realized i just listed the songs and now i'm really gonna have to put them in order, in order. Oh. But we always we always do our orders and go bottom to top it's just kind of how okay that's our- fine i'll make it up on the fly but no one <laughs> is allowed to like put this in stone <laughs> this can't be held against you in a court of law okay. no. exactly that's all i care about okay. so true so that's true. so valid i feel like these top 10 are all like i mean she has like hundreds of songs so it's just like these yeah. top 10 are all number one right so right are, yeah well i'll i'll go first um so my number 10 is dress all the reputation and it's actually only reputation feature actually is dress so anyone want next i'll go next i just changed my number because oh my god you're always like this and we do a ranking you you're (laughs) no it is true that's the stuff where like it i really am like it's it's okay my number 10 is the aforementioned this is me trying yeah yeah that's a strong one I really love that song um it has an incredible bridge um god I tend to love bridges of any song the most uh which just makes sense why I was able to so easily transition into loving all of Taylor's discography right uh because she's like the queen of bridges so yeah this is me trying is really good like I love mentally ill Taylor some days I feel more related to mentally ill Taylor than even like gay Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. Just a really, really good song. One of the like 
<sighs> cracks in in her veneer of what it means mm-hmm. to be taylor swift that i really appreciate totally. yeah this is me trying as a strong one i just love when she says i was so ahead of the curve the curve became a sphere mm-hmm. that sent me into like a month-long breakdown when i first yeah. heard it so yeah. i think that's very valid to be mm-hmm. on your time. i think renaissance should go next <laughs> renaissance changes <laughs> another okay I just, I just final. I think I just, I have to rewrite it because the numbers changing around so much. I was like, we new list in the moment. Okay. My number 10 is our song. That's a debut song. Yeah. I'm good shocked because I'm like, I'm oh my God, I don't too. have any debut on mine. And I feel so guilty. And I'm glad <laughs> it debut got representation here because right, our song right. is and so look, good and so queer. It's amazing. Exactly. I love our song because to be just a cutesy little teenager and write our song, like the pop genius, her fundamental understanding of what makes a good pop song from the get before she was even Taylor Swift, Mm -hmm. she knew how to write a good pop song Mm -hmm. and she knew how to take a story, whether or not she ever had a country boyfriend who didn't have a song, whatever, whether, whether or not she did those things, she knows the structure story she knows exposition climate like the yeah. satisfaction like all of it do I wish that she changed slow to low to talk slow on the phone yes of course I do I'm a normal human being <laughs> but it is still great song and it was like the first Taylor song that I ever like learned and that was the first one that I like knew all the words to on the playground Aww. and so for that reason it will always be one of my favorite and one of the ones where non-swifties when it comes on the radio, yeah. or it comes on shuffle on the playlist, yeah. everyone sings our song. Everyone yeah. knows every word. It's kind of like she's a prophet because yeah. like the whole point was that we this is our song. Like we know all these words together. Oh. And now Taylor's We literally do world, know that's all their the, song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We know every word. All of our words are, is Taylor Swift talking to her fans. Mm-hmm. All of them are us going out and, you know, closing the screen door after hanging out with our friends, probably yeah. listening to Taylor Swift. <laughs> like little moments that we share with her throughout our lives that make up our song with Taylor and so mm-hmm. that's why even if the song's about a man it's yeah. sometimes it is her fans you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. so that's her man me I'm Taylor's man so <laughs> oh, anyways that's my number 10 just yeah, a little aside about our song because I had a conversation with someone the other day about it and I was like I think our song is so queer because it's like there's no music to describe the feeling between this relationship if it was like about a girl like we picture it like that it's like there's no feeling to describe a queer relationship like no songs that sing about it on the radio you would never hear sexual representation in country music (laughs) there's no songs about heterosexual love in country music and so she's just kind of like well our song can be this since no one is singing about the way that we love you know my number 10 is the only rap song on my top 10 getaway car wow yeah I was actually like thinking about that too I was like which one of my but I'm so glad that both of our like 10th songs are our only reputation song. like our minds truly. yeah so that's your like top reputation song yeah I I've always loved getaway car even mm-hmm. when I like didn't really like her I heard getaway mm-hmm. car and I was like this is a sleigh yeah <laughs> She's kind of like killing it. Yeah. It's like, I just think it's so gaslight gatekeep girl boss. I love singing Literally. it and just being like gaslighting. Like, cause I don't do that in real life, obviously. So thank you. <laughs> no, it's fun. Obviously, like, obviously I left. You're an idiot crazy. to think. It's I also just sad. Like yeah. get away. I'm running now. It's time mm-hmm. for me to run, you know? Yeah. Getaway get car is definitely the song I referenced the most just in everyday conversation. <laughs> right. Yeah. The bridge, oh, the bridge. Yeah. Jack Antonoff, come on. 
Come yeah, on. so true. So my ninth on my rankings list is Blank Space off of 1989. It's actually my only 1989 song on list, but I think it is the penultimate, like the Taylor Swift song, like storytelling at its peak, truly. And also I have so many good memories to it because like I like choreographed dances to this at summer camp. Like I, it was, oh my God, just a will forever be embedded. Oh my God, that video. Nothing like so fucking iconic. It's changed the world. Literally changed the world. Genuinely, like, ooh. The world has never been the same since. And that's just the truth. So <laughs> that, was, that was her reputation Easter egg blank space. Literally, literally. Okay, so my number nine is actually our song. <gasps> so that was my little surprised face. I was like, that's amazing because my ninth is our song. I totally echo everything Renaissance said. Just the added bit of context for me that makes our song so special and why it had to be included in my top 10 is because in high school, so I'm much older than you guys, not much, I mean, I'm eight <laughs> years older than Madison. My senior year of high school, when the VMA incidents occurred, mm. and I was a huge Kanye fan at the mm-hmm. time, like huge, huge, huge. Mm-hmm. And I was very much pro Kanye in that situation <laughs> uh-huh. to the point where I wrote, I was the editor of um, opinions and editorials at my high school. I'm dead. Newspaper. <laughs> And I wrote a like pro Kanye article about it. Oh. Um, uh, can I read that? Do you have it? I, I know. Don't have it. Is, no. Is there, um, I'm so sorry. High school archives. I know. Can you imagine me going back to my high school and like digging through the records? One. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Too bad it was pre-digitalization of the newspaper. Right. So, but yeah. So I did not like Taylor, but the official editor of the paper who like I loved I was good friends with her in high school she and I whenever we would like be working on the newspaper um, would go get coffee before we went back to the school and get it and she drove I did it so we would listen in her car and she was a huge Taylor Swift fan that's so and funny mind you Fearless was the right like the album that was out like debut and Fearless and she would listen to the songs all the time and I would be like I hate this I hate this and then <laughs> One day she played our song. Oh my god! And I was like, okay, now this song I like. <laughs> <laughs> Your enemies to lovers arc with Taylor Swift's geography <laughs> in high school, please. No, oh really though. Yes, actually, enemies to lovers. Um, so our song, I always had it in my head as like, well, that's the Taylor Swift song I like. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I mean, I have a lot of other stories about how secretly I have loved Taylor Swift this whole right. time. I just had like a real theater <laughs> relationship. I was closeted. <laughs> was like internalized. Closeted Swifties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Please. Exactly. But anyways, I just love our song. It's so, so everything Renaissance said. It's, it is prophetic. It's so fucking good how she wrote that in her freshman year math class and like do I think that it's about a boy I don't I don't think it's about anyone I don't right, yeah, think I don't that either. she dated had like I don't think that that's torn from the headlines I just think that she has always been an incredible writer with a knack for understanding the human condition yeah and that's romance and shit come on now romance like, yeah. yeah she's a romance writer like if she wasn't Taylor Swift she'd be writing oh fucking- yeah erotica on ao3 come on now like i, know, I think she's, well, no, I she's, think she's taylor she might be writing doing, erotica right, right. thank you thank you please and what is the first name of the author of the seven husbands of evelyn hugo taylor, taylor. Exactly. so i think we all know the truth here 
is Taylor Swift paying Taylor Jenkins Reid to be the front <laughs> four seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo? After my 10th ranking, all of these could be number one. And on any, well, actually, no, my number one is always my number one. So between two and nine, there's going to be a lot of movement. Right, right. <laughs> oh my God. Wanna... <laughs> yes. So my number nine is Death by a Thousand Cups. Mm, mm, now, mm. I love this song. It's one of my favorites, but Taylor Swift has almost like 300 songs to her name. Yeah. So when we get to the top 10, it's going to get a little dense. <laughs> but again, I needed a Evelyn Hugo related song. Oh, yeah. And Death by a Thousand Cuts is one yeah. of the direct parallels yeah. between Taylor and Evelyn Hugo and Celia St. James, my beloved. And also when I listened to Lover when it came out before I had fully re-fallen in love with Taylor, Death by a Thousand Cuts was like, why isn't this the song? Like, why is it me? Death by a Thousand Cuts like was like that one and Paper Rings, which I'm just naming because it's not on my list. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. But those two are like, no, it should have been these two, like for the singles, yeah. mm-hmm. like for mm-hmm. sure. And a Taylor song that I like kept in my back pocket. I was like, right. if I have to listen to Lover, I'll listen to Death by a Thousand Cuts. So I'm glad we're on the same page with our um, listening to lovers sort of being a chore. State mandated Taylor streaming of lover. Wow. Like if I have state to, mandated. I will listen. Y'all are crazy because time. lovers. I know I how you guys like to tussle. <laughs> no, like, no, 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 no. Like, like lover was really what I felt. Cause like during the reputation era, like I told the story so many times on this podcast, but like my friend been a Swifty since fucking birth you know like so my friend went to see Taylor and she ended up meeting Taylor Swift like at the VIP like like in person yeah fucking crazy right like spoke to Taylor's mom like has a picture with Taylor everything that hurts my brain I know right and okay also what's crazy is that multiple of my friends have you know the Carly Kloss company Code Klossy yeah. Yes. <laughs> Multiple of my friends, like many of them have either participated in the program or work as like a teacher for it. So they've like met, hung out with Carly Kloss. Like it's crazy. I'm like two people removed from Taylor Swift. It's actually insane. Anyway, like, <laughs> so, so, okay, wait, do you know if Carly actually codes? <laughs> well, I've heard that she like, she like codes, but she also got, had a sponsorship with fucking Wix, which like, anyway. So mm-hmm. during the reputation era, of course, I felt like kind of mad about Taylor because of course I was like a hardcore 1989 girly. But then when reputation came around, I was like, oh, this is so much, too much drama. I have to check out. But then when Lover came out, I was like, wait a minute. Why is she, why is she giving, why is this kind of fruity? Like, and then I was like, wait, I would listen to the, I, remember, I was going through a breakup at the time. I would listen to the track list and it, it started with, I forgot that you existed. And I was like, okay, this I like manifesting. And then like, I listened to the rest of the songs and I was like, this is fucking amazing. So love is like, I don't know that it will always have like, just, a just like a place in my heart. Cause it was like sort of my rebound for her. But anyway, that's just my different experience, I guess. So <laughs> Uh, we're on number nine mm-hmm. oh mine is also mm-hmm. a lover song Ooh. cornelia street is my number nine. Oh, wow i love that yeah wow i'm so glad i went to college in new york so right. it reminded me just I, I used to go to a bar on cornelia street like three three buildings down from taylor's apartment but at the uh-huh. time it was her reputation era so uh-huh. i didn't like uh-huh. her and i didn't know she lived on that street right. 
that's crazy wow that bar so now when I listen to Cornelia Street it's like very bittersweet it reminds me a lot of like college and just like it's all just sad it's a sad song yeah it is I was gonna say that's a heartbreaking I mean I shouldn't talk mine's death by a thousand deaths I am a cancer moon so and a Pisces rising so I just like like hurting I think (laughs) people Um, love to hurt can I ask your guys's zodiac big three because I didn't at the beginning and I meant to oh yeah it's I think it's in our like bio I'm pretty sure because it's so integral to our identities yeah Uh, we say almost every episode I'm surprised we didn't oh yeah we forgot to introduce ourselves as such but I'm a cancer sun Capricorn moon um Gemini rising oh okay I'm sure I've seen it in your bio before but (laughs) no it's totally fine yeah I'm an Aries sun Gemini moon Virgo rising okay 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 (laughs) yeah it makes so much sense it's, right. I just needed the context for the top 10, you know? Like so true. Need- for context, I'm a Sagittarius sun, we love a Virgo moon, and <laughs> a Cancer rising. Wow. There's so much, like, Cancer here right now. Wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're guys are Virgo, though. You guys yeah, have- you guys have the Virgo. My number eight is Ivy off Evermore. <laughs> because, mm. you know just perfect gay song i mean it's low on this li- list i guess but again like the disclaimer stands but high like, in your heart right low on the list high in my heart like yeah it's just so fucking good also it's our outro song i can like play it on the piano a little bit so like at the end of our episodes i oh there's a little ivy clip at the end because it's like it, it's the literary gay song yeah. in her discography so of course of course i'm so happy it's on your list yes yeah I'm so happy Okay, so my number eight song is I Wish You Would. Mm, wow. Off of 1989. That to me is kind of like Jack Antonoff's masterpiece working with mm. Taylor. I don't, I mean, that's kind of a lot to say. Like, I think he's an amazing producer and I love them working together. And I obviously mm. have other Jack Antonoff songs on my list. I Wish You Would is so 80s. It's, I think, the like, most 80s song on her 1989 album I love the layering of it I love how powerful it is I love the like hits um and like like the drums the drums the orchestra hits that they include it's so fucking catchy I love it (laughs) I just love it it's such a good pop song at the end of the day I just love pop music yeah and Taylor's uh this is like a masterpiece of pop music I wish you would agreed so 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 true my number eight is speak now from the speak now i know okay it's so good and you know there's some theories are the vault tracks from the vault is she writing them now we shall never know but i think we can now in terms of stopping wedding and then how it relates to I bet you think about me where she's also sabotaging a wedding I think there's a strong contrast because I think speak now sounds much more fictional and like it sounds like a good story like I'm not discrediting her writing on speak now I bet you think about me sounds like there's one person on this earth who cannot listen to that song because they know it's about them (laughs) and they're just like 
they would be in a car with like their friends that doesn't know it's about them and then be like hey guys do you mind if we uh skip the song real quick and they're right like, why it's i bet you think about me by taylor swift they thought thought everything was amicable and they're like yeah no it's just um can we but i speak now i think is a much safer wedding <laughs> safe bet in terms of the wedding sabotage genre of Taylor Swift songs. She has a couple of them because like Love Story obviously is like Romeo, about Romeo and Juliet, but also marriage relationship that's not supposed to happen. She really loves this kind of proposal wedding motif in a lot of her writing. Oh, yeah. Um, and I just, I love Speak Now. Again, she knows how to write a good pop song. She knows good storytelling. Even if she's lived that relationship or not, she can make a good freaking song about it. And I and represent the Speak Now album for its representative. Yeah. It's the title track and it should be. It's the one time where Taylor Swift could make the correct choice on singles and titles. Did you know that she didn't want Speak Now to be called Speak Now? She wanted it to be called Enchanted, but her label told her that she's too old to be naming her album something that sounds like a storybook, like a fairy tale. And they made Lame. her do Speak Now. Okay, but yeah, I agree. Very I mean, important. Enchanted is a great song. Yeah, but Taylor Swift, we bully her all the time for picking terrible singles for <laughs> albums. Yeah, it's the one thing that if someone had to defend her on albums that have representative songs, it would be that one. Totally. So. Thank God there's Speak Now representation. I feel so fucking guilty for not putting a Speak Now. Because <laughs> I, I, I got album. you. My number eight is seven from Folklore. Mm. Mm. number eight oh. is seven yeah. so true <laughs> <No>. yeah. <laughs> this is one of those that like has been my favorite since I whole- heard folklore and has just like stayed like I've yeah. never got over it yeah um it's very cancer moon nostalgia gives yes me, like yes yeah you're I was gonna say that song is so fucking cancer like yes. love you to the moon to saturn like both my moon and <laughs> okay oh yeah it's your like, cancer sun which is yes, moon ruled, right and then capricorn yeah. moon yeah yeah saturn ruled yeah um, <laughs> there's so many of her songs and i'm like why did you write this about me i know why is this like, <laughs> like indie artist <laughs> underground writing songs i know about me? Like, <laughs> actually there's, like <laughs> in that article that you that uh the our love last song article that we always fucking talk about um <laughs> like how the authors of it sort of point to seven as the penultimate song on folklore as like the defining song because it's all about nostalgia and love and like and these familial relationships in the context of like I think it very much does encapsulate the whole album in a way that uh so yes love that love that so my number seven or yes my number seven ironically is yeah, August, great transition right august which is even more ironic because august eight <laughs> yeah my number yeah. seven is august back when we were still chaining for the better like oh my god <laughs> and also- isn't is august the one that has um meet me behind them all yes and in y'all's episode you point out that it says meet me behind them all that's crazy girl, girl that was crazy that, i was like I don't even sing yeah. the mall anymore. When when I hear it, I hear yeah, the mall. Them I don't all. even hear the mall anymore. Wow. At wow. All. And she's yeah. so genius. Like people love to underestimate her. I was like, y'all don't understand. She's a writer. Yeah. There is no mm-hmm. wordplay, no yeah. sound play yeah. that is not intentional, intentional. That she doesn't know that mm-hmm. she's doing. Mm-hmm. There's just no way that she could write this song and sing, especially a folklore song. That mm-hmm. she's not writing with strict intention. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. and the man, fact that what man is <laughs> ever have to behind them all? It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. No, actually, like I love that she also <laughs> says, like, oh yeah, like many years ago, I I loved wrote I, it down I, in my yes, notes app, and yes. I'm like. That's what pinged that line so much. Right? I was like, what was so important about Meet Me Behind the Mall that you right. had to include right. it? Diana in the album Agram. Years ago. <laughs> that's what was so important. <laughs> that was what was so important. Yeah. No, Diana like, Agron. Also, exactly. because was what was so important. The thing about August is that when Renaissance and I were staying mm-hmm. together over last summer, it, it was August. in August, and we would stream the song and be like, oh. guys, like this is so, like this is so oh, us core right now. We'd be like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> And the, this is why we're not beating the Boston. This is why everyone thinks that we're like together. And even though we are like basically like not. partners, like we'll forever be tied together. We are not yes. together. Yeah. And, yeah. It, and that song, that in seven is one of the reasons why people are like, you quote this about each this other all the time. All the time. And it's like, it's like, yeah. like, yeah, but you know, but yeah. yeah, all of my like story posts had August. I think one of my Instagram captions had yes. August. Our first Instagram post on our Instagram had was, seven lyrics. Yes, it was our love lasts so long, of course. And it was yeah. like all our pictures from so. the St. Louis trip. And St. Louis, yeah. like who who screamed? I did. Anyway. <laughs> everyone screamed everyone everyone Rebecca Harkness screamed no literally literally and I mean we'll get to the a lot of a lot of last great American dynasty streaming as well yes during the same of the series so So. true what are we on seven okay yes we're on seven okay so my seven is death by a thousand cats wow Wow. Yeah, Renaissance and I keep having like the same songs. I'm very excited by that. Um, this isn't a competition, but Katie and I are winning. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you both have Virgo placements. Please. We're both fire suns, Virgo placements. Oh, yeah. Huh. That I think yeah. that that really is something. Yeah. I always tend to get along with like my, my best friend, Sean, as heard on the podcast, is an Aries son. So, Aww. yeah, there's I'm good with Aries for sure. Oh, yeah. Okay, so Death by a Thousand Cats, again, Renaissance really covered it. God, the metaphor of asking the stoplights to tell her what's going on. And the idea of a stoplight just instead of blinking red or turning orange or turning green, it's just blinking yellow. And it's like, fuck you, stoplights. Yeah. Like, all I'm trying to do is get the universe to give me a sign. You can't tell me what the fuck is happening. And you can't tell me what the fuck is happening. Like, talk about, like, that's just so me coded, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I like, she, like, flipped a coin and it, like, landed on its ridge. Like, she's like, heads I'll do this, tails I'll do this. And then it lands and it does the thing where it, like, spins forever and ever and ever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And she's just like. Or, like, Mm -hmm. you flip a coin and then it gets, like, lost in the radiator. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's that's 100% Taylor Swift. Yeah. And I, oh God, I just love that so much. And also the fact that it's like something about this being a breakup song doesn't even feel like a breakup song. Right. It, it wasn't really... a breakup. It was a death by a thousand tiny little things. <laughs> it wasn't and one big thing. Yeah. yeah. And that's life, bro. That is life. Like, we all die literally from a thousand cuts eventually. She just sounds so still in it. Mm -hmm. Like, the way that it starts off with repeating my, 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 my. Mm -hmm. Like, she's like, this is still mine. This is still Mm -hmm. mine. And I just love that. I love it. Mm. Yeah. 
ownership mm-hmm. of heartbreak. And it's like imagery of like boarded up windows. It's like she's not looking out the window because she wants to stop looking. It's because something is blocking her from being able to fully live the life that yeah. she wants to see. She she's she sees a future, but the windows are boarded up. Like it it it's just not possible, and it hurts. But it's okay. I mean, it's my number nine. I also love this song. Loving this lover represents. Oh well. Oddly enough, great transition because my number seven is Lover, <laughs> also the Lover song. Oh, and wow. for most of my life, and kind of still, I hate the word lover unless in this context. Like it just is using <laughs> me the biggest dick. Right. Like out of all the words, girlfriend, fiance, spouse, I'll even take partner. Partner has grown on me. I used to be like, girl, just say the word. <laughs> same, same. When Lover like first came out, I was like, why out of all the songs she picked this? <laughs> and then once you kind of get back into it, you're mm-hmm. like, so true. Yeah. And I think it's because like, she was never able to give them any other name except this mm-hmm. love that she had. All, the only thing that she knew was this love. Mm-hmm. That is her lover. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, <gasps> and it's just so romantic and so... Also the bridge where it sounds like like wedding vows and mm-hmm, I'll mm-hmm. take ugh. it's and fucking crack. Who that is bridge. the magnetic force? It's so good. It's honestly one of her best bridges. I didn't think I'd have this much Diana Agron representation in my <laughs> list, but magnetic force of a man, obviously <laughs> Diana. If you do ever a lyrical analysis on lover, like please hit me up. (laughs) Just on the song. song, Like, I I don't even think there'd be time to talk about the other songs off the album. Every detail is just this pure sapphic love in a way that I don't think is like, people often like take away the sexuality of sapphic relationships and of lesbian relationships. I think it's very much there while also still just saying, this is just like a pure love without watering it down, without making it vanilla for other people. Like you'll save your dirtiest jokes for me. It's the way that Sapphic say, that's what she said. <laughs> like taking historically, yeah. you know. Like misogynistic, like, stupid these things. Jokes, exactly. And these jokes that best friends are allowed to like whisper to each other that aren't seen as rude. They're allowed to get away with that kind of like shared yeah. language yeah. in a way that no other relationship really is able to in this under the radar kind of way. Oh, you happen to see my TikTok where I was like, the dirty joke that she's talking about is I'll save you a seat at every <laughs> Being so true. Like, so true. That's because she is a he they top. (laughs) They lose rise. (laughs) Wasn't famous the way that she would. Like she would be the the, um, Shane from the L word. Taylor Swift would be Shane. Yeah, like a hundred percent. Taylor is Shane. In like, (laughs) actually, she's kind of like Jenny too. But don't hey now. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. When I'm watching, sometimes I'm like, oh, when she's like writing her little stories, Jenny, and she's like getting, I'm like, yeah, but Taylor can write. (laughs) Like you're gonna throw up. I'm so sorry. I it's I have that response when people talk about the L word that I just want to vomit. (laughs) I know. I know that you're also cringing a little bit because you don't like Lover's Bridge and you don't like Lover because of magnetic force of a man, right? That's I hate so I hate that funny. song. I hate that song. I hate that bridge. I'm like, I really had to curse me and Renaissance being on the same page. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. That's up until so, then. I, in the Evermore episode, aren't you a, a Willow stand? Am I remembering correct, correctly? Yeah. Katie uh, is oh, a Willow stand. Oh, yeah. I you're love like a Willow. huge Willow stand. Totally, yeah. The whole yeah. thing is, that's my that's man, my that's, man my that's my man. But magnetic force of a man? 
is where we who, draw the line who as is a society. Out? Okay, first of all, I love the tone of calling me out. I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, as if you, like, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't that's miss the Willow fan. I don't, we, maybe I'm the girl who likes to tussle. I'm the one who likes to... I mean, yeah, that's really interesting that you put that out. Uh, I yes. have never even thought of those songs Please, in the same context. Right, right. Huh. That's why I so, don't like Willow, though, because of that's my man. So that's so interesting. Wow. I was gonna. I think that, like, I think that that really shows how it's really up to like us interpreting it. <laughs> because <laughs> I mean, I loved your explanation of why you love it. I love that you see it as so soft and sapphic because that song to yeah. me is just like the ultimate eye roll. I don't like hearing it. <laughs> only thing because that's how I was originally and then once you um for me it was one of the songs that opened my gayler eye of like songs that I used to not like when I hated Taylor Swift and then once you see it in a gay way you're like no literally well we made a joke about how like being coming to like um communism like once you see the like horrors of capitalism like you can't unsee it like once you see gayler you you can't can't unknow you can't unsee and lover was one of those things where I hated that song gave me the biggest ick who wants to marry a man like like, there's no man who has ever had a magnetic force the only magnetic force repulsion okay that's the magnetic force of a man opposite exactly attracting exactly it's like when people try and compare like straight men and lesbians it's like uh, the magnetic force <laughs> that's a really good argument for lover beer coated right. like magnetic exactly. a man his magnet though doesn't match with mine exactly or like, the magnetic force of a man as in i like women i'm marrying a woman you think that men will marry women no I, the no. magnetic force me to woman getting she gets food and models she said it in the same album brag about getting bitches and models yeah. and she's the magnetic force of a man and once yeah. you rewire your brain okay <laughs> that shit it hits so hard i believe so, i'm so sorry i didn't mean to get so worked up about it's only seven <laughs> we're only halfway through the list here. Oh. <laughs> um no i'm really grateful for your take on it yeah i mean i don't really hate the song necessarily i just kind of makes me cringe you know i think you really but but yeah i love your take on it so my number seven is begin again from red mm. oh wow yeah. um yeah. this is one of those that i really liked when red first came out like when i was like a kid basically um mm-hmm. and i just really like it now still i think it's very sweet i think it's like one of her best like simple little songwriting like she's so good at writing simple songs with so mm-hmm. much depth so i like it for that reason i like that it's like very gender neutral too yeah yeah um oh, yeah. it feels i mean like to me i have like a theory that this was like her awakening of like her sexuality being like on a wednesday in a cafe i watched love begin again because i fell in love in a different way than i have before um yeah love that and yeah so that's why it's my number seven I love that's funny because my number six is another red song and that is the last time featuring (gasps) Gary Lightbody that's my number six like cancer son (laughs) please something is not right with me because tell me why I was listening to this on repeat yesterday like I was like it's not right (laughs) no nothing okay because I was listening to this I was like oh my so true like when those opening notes and then when like his last voice hits I'm like 
whole body chills <laughs> that song really does like absorb you yeah it's so immersive i'm glad you chose that song i feel like it's frequently forgotten about it, it's kind of like know exile. so many of them it is a predecessor to exile but like i like it more than exile in some way i mean i think okay. the bridge of exile is like fucking crazy like but like the oh anyway it just it gets <laughs> the build up in the last time is yeah insane. the build up yeah. is insane yeah but. it is yeah okay my number six we're on six right mm-hmm. is dancing with our hands tied. <laughs> god, i love you in secret it. so true like god, someone so true. said it <laughs> yes. are we are we gonna say the word kiss gate here we are allowed to say kiss gate on you guys we 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 don't give a we fuck. on this podcast because you're like we don't want to get into the controversies of the, yeah. the, here i'll, I'll like be listening it. to you guys and i'm like i'll say it as that's, listener, I'll say it. that's what we want is for you yeah, to exactly. say it for yourself exactly mm-hmm. yeah. yeah dancing with our hands tied was the song that made me a gayler mm-hmm. um I'll never forget reading the reputation PowerPoint with Lizzie. We so pulled it up. We like made yeah. a night of it. We, yeah. we watched it while watching, while eating dinner. <laughs> and I was like, okay, okay, okay. Like through it all. And then it gets to dancing with her hands tied. And I was like, okay, well, she's a fucking lesbian. And <laughs> I'm in love with Taylor Swift. Um, the rhyme yeah. with lock it and pocket ends up like showing up again in red taylor's version too like mm-hmm. unforgettable i just um yeah the song is very important to me it, like a song that i can't listen to without like crying basically like it's i think one of the most heartbreaking songs she's ever ever written because Agreed. It, like it doesn't it's not about like a breakup it's not about you know like like I tend to not really super be able to relate to breakup songs in the Mm -hmm. traditional sense probably because I'm very happily married um now you're flex please (laughs) after Sunny's like I really like the last time (laughs) and catch it in all the other episodes of my podcast and the tweets and me tweeting about Katie's wife in case you forgot in that time span Katie is married um happily so just wanted everyone to know in case you missed that all the other times we're not like happy for katie yeah we're so happy for katie we're so so happy okay i'm very sorry i thank you for roasting me and don't be sorry we're so happy for you we are so happy for you um anyhow so I don't like breakup songs typically like I'm not like oh this is really something I understand um oh speaking of which guess who just arrived home <laughs> oh my yes. god I was so absorbed I didn't even notice <laughs> come give a the cameo fans. yes I'm a Lizzie fan. cameo Lizzie cameo <laughs> huge huge fan oh, oh my, my gosh hi. hi Oh my god, big fan, big fan. Daisy sweatshirt. Oh, wow. Daisy's reputation? Daisy. As we're talking about a rep song. Oh. <laughs> who who died? I'm good. Many I'm good. Died. I'm good. I'm <laughs> on the inside. I'm like, I'm good. I'm not even phased. I'm, I'm I'm fine. Totally. I'm 
totally chill right now. <laughs> totally Please. <fine. laughs> Lesbians being happy and in love, like, sure. Like, <laughs> I appreciate that in a normal way that everyone does. Like, <laughs> whatever. Oh, thank you for everything. I just really makes me so happy. Um, <laughs> so into my hands tied does not have the like breakup sadness it has the like we don't belong people mm-hmm. don't understand us the world's mm-hmm. trying to tear us apart and oh god that's my favorite place to be as a <laughs> as like a sapphic <laughs> i love being in the yeah it's us against the world i if anything my one gripe about getaway car is that it's not more that it's <laughs> not more it's us against the world it was us against the world and now i'm leaving you i would love a like recap of what it was like in the getaway car you know oh yeah red ball track the events that occurred in the getaway car exactly i would love to know what was going on there Um, yes my six is ivy whoa whoa two out of four four ivy right now (laughs) again ivy there's no heterosexual explanation for ivy Mm -hmm. it does not Mm -hmm. exist Mm -hmm. you can try you'll fail it is it's the it girl what can I say? And I really had to limit my evermore representation on this ranking. Right. This isn't the only one, but I'm, <laughs> I'm just teaching up. There yeah. is more. And evermore just couldn't be placed lower. It would be higher, but I had to stop myself from just putting it all up at the top. It has been discussed and I just agree. It's just, it's the literary sapphic song. And that's why I love it. Like, it's not any original take on it. Right. It's like, it just I goes. Love it just fucking stays. It's good. Come on. Yeah. And your yeah. ivy grew all, like, it's this almost like a sleeping metaphor where, like, it's little by little and then all at once. Mm. It's kind of this, like, ivy growing up the house. Like, at first, it's a little plant. Yeah. And it you don't up, notice until it's all the way there. And the next thing you know, your ivy is, is surrounding me. It's all over me. The next yeah. thing I know, I'm, I'm, you know, in love. And it's just so good. And everyone knew that it was already, like, gay and like specifically like I think the lesbians have really claimed regardless of Taylor Swift is a lesbian herself (laughs) and then then the Dickinson cameo just really was like nail in the coffin literally nail in the coffin lesbian like like whether or not Taylor Swift is a lesbian she wrote that from her sapphic experience and for Leslie Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and just as a tribute to Emily Dickinson in general that I just can't it can't be it literally cannot be denied like actually this one for realties cannot be denied so it was confirmed like yeah canon and the scene that it plays over like I already Emily getting the like, best head really of her life yeah. <laughs> Amazing. like like Sue and Emily they heard that song come out uh, up there in the clouds and was like so true yeah. <laughs> so they're true. like I thought we were gay I don't know if we're that gay. Like, they saw the Dickinson scene come out, and they're like, that might have been a bit gay. Like, not not us to call anything gay, but it might have been, right. might have been a bit much. So, yeah. Love it. Well, speaking kind of of Emily Dickinson, my number six is Wildest Dreams. Oh, wow. and the reason I say that is because so you support African colonialism. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no, Renaissance, no. did you see the text? <laughs> I just made the joke. Yeah. But um, 
so Dickinson has like a poem that's very similar to Wildest Dreams where it's like say you'll remember everything about me and you'll Mm. remember me at sunset and at sunrise whoa I don't know it just has like a lot of parallels to Wildest Mm -hmm. Dreams is one poem or letter or something so that's why I connected it there but I like Wildest Dreams just because it's so like dreamy yeah Yeah. (laughs) literally it's Please. so dreamy it's like my pisces rising like it fuels yeah. me yeah. Um, yeah the re-recording is like the first time i was blown away by her re-recordings where mm-hmm. i was like oh she's enhancing these songs mm-hmm. like if they're the same songs yeah. but they're not because right. like wildest dreams took on a whole other like world for me when the taylor's version came out yeah um, and yeah, I think it's a wonderful pop song too. It gets so stuck in your head. The bridge mm-hmm. is everything to me. It's a see me in hindsight. Yeah, so like, true. Uh, Wildest Dreams is so gorgeous, beautiful, amazing, flawless. Wouldn't so change true. a goddamn thing about that song. <laughs> My number five song, now that we're on number five, we're in the top half, Who's, who cheered? This is another lover song. There's so much lover representation here, which like I think kind of mm-hmm. so, shows that it really is a lot of her best work, but it is Cruel Summer. Right? Yep, yeah, thank God someone's at it. Yep. Yeah, thank God on it. Like I can play that song on the piano pretty well at this point because I, I've just played it so many times because I'm addicted to playing and singing that song. It's just so good. The bridge, mm-hmm. the fucking ah, uh, and you can so easily make it like it's so not gendered until he looks so he looks so pretty like the devil or he looks up grinning like the devil like. Uh, and that's so easily like she and you know what I, like I and I always like anyway obsessed literally obsessed with that song when i heard the song pre-gayler i thought she said she looks up grinning like a double right right i thought that's what it said like so speaking of lover my number five song is the archer oh yeah yeah promo where promo (laughs) promo (laughs) exactly i mean i truly don't need to say anything about this song because we have our first episode episode. we have a podcast named after this song (laughs) yeah this song is really important for me it is the first kind of organic inkling i had that taylor and i were cosmically on the same page and it kind of made me rethink everything that i ever thought about taylor uh because of how much i related and connected to this song so it had to be like in my top five. I almost didn't include it in this list because I was really like, I want to talk about songs that I don't typically talk about. And obviously I've talked a ton about The Archer, but then like Renaissance being like, you know, changing their <laughs> like playlist yeah. as we went along. Like I was like, I need to include The Archer if this is going to be a real representation of how I feel. So totally. yeah. yeah. I also thought about not including it. And then I was like, that would be actually criminal of me. Um, My number five is Invisible String. This song, guys. Yeah. I've never been so caught off guard in my life. Whoa! (laughs) No, I love Invisible String. Uh I wasn't expecting that, though. Please do tell me. It's because they're a Joan I I mean, it's true. (laughs) It's the idea that, well, everyone but also me specifically, the right. person who Taylor Swift wrote this song for. Yeah, yeah. This invisible string tying mm-hmm. me to the person that I'm eventually going to fall in love with that I haven't met yet, who is going to their school or working their mm-hmm. job or doing their little, like having their morning routine, living their life. And then at one point, there's going to be this time when that invisible string brings me to person. 
I, as a hopeless romantic, should have never come in contact with this song. Like, it is actually <laughs> dangerous to society that I'm able to listen to this song. Catch like, runs, like, every afternoon in the park. <laughs> no, me, me reading Sally Rooney in public. Like, oh, <laughs> trying to reel in a lesbian at Centennial oh, Park. Like, I Okay, so I, like, read The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo in, like, a 48-hour time span, as right. everyone did. And then I wrote it, like, immediately again. Like, before going to work, like my retail job, I'd go to a coffee shop and like read The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, <laughs> like and, and like live my life. And I'd be like, oh my, oh my gosh, you're like you're like holding the book, like <laughs> yeah, y'all see this? Like, just like, but Invisible String, it's just again, it's so cutesy. I love her songs that like they just stay in your head, and like the songs that like you'll even be listening on like shuffle or like on a playlist, and you're like, wait. I want to listen to that one one more time before we move on to the yeah. next song. Yeah. Totally. Those songs just get into your mind. They just do something chemically to the brain. <laughs> I, I, also, the gold motif, again, the Single one who of gold, shall not be named, Miss Carly Claus. <laughs> shall not be named. Hey, guys. She needs to name her. Like <laughs> Exactly. I wanted to make it clear because I've had a lot of Diana representation. Right. Mm. We're shifting gears. We are getting into Taylor. <laughs> Please. So. I love that Swiftgron is having this comeback. I think it's right? so and amazing. It's necessary. It's necessary. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm over the um Kaler sadness of that entire thing. So. Yeah. It's so like is so Taylor. Yeah. yeah. Taylor's over it. Super over True. it. <laughs> True. I'll like rewatch their like BFF interview. Like not the you rewatching their interviews. BFF interview. You're fucking gay as hell for that. Like <laughs> Hello, Gemini Moon. Like, and true well because it comes <laughs> up on like my tiktok like because okay, people right, like right. do their analysis of it and stuff like that with the new bff lover merch that they just dropped it, that interview clip has been coming up a lot yeah so i know every everyone and they're like who's your bff and then um i'm new york city i still do it for you and then the clip of joe yeah. saying that his favorite city is london anyway <laughs> so that aside like well, you look at all that and then you realize that like the way that they're falling out happened and then you just go, it's like, it hurts. It's like that, it, it will come up later. But <laughs> then she goes on to say, story. I don't like a gold rush. So true. My number five is Cowboy Like Me. Real, um, real AF. Of course. Yeah. yeah. I, that's one of those that I have listened to on repeat several times, mm. several times. And I will continue. (laughs) And time for a sweatshirt reveal. Oh, I'm wearing a sweatshirt that says forever is the sweetest con. That's such a cute sweatshirt. I'm obsessed. It's from Ghostly Scene on Etsy. They're fucking amazing. The only like good, cute Gaylor merch I've ever seen. Probably the only Gaylor merch, honestly. I will be buying some other shit after this. No, good. I have a Mm -hmm. few things, but amazing. And they just keep dropping good stuff. Like, Uh, yeah. Love. So my fourth... Speaking of Carly, uh, right where you left me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, like, okay, because we will we'll get there. Like <laughs> literally the glass shattered on the white cloth. Like who heard that? Who said that? <laughs> Please. Um, yeah, self-explanatory. It's it's just like it gets stuck in your head and it start, it's like a breath, friends break up, friends give like, oh, oh, so we're doing Whoa, this. Like we're going there. <laughs> yeah. Truly, when I first heard it, I was like, so do you realize this is like for anyone to listen to like, like this is i was like taylor i don't think you meant to put this out like <laughs> put it in the vault put it in yeah. the closet back there the closet the closet 
So, yeah. And but put it out, outing herself. She like, is now out. She, yeah, yeah, actually. Okay, my fourth song is All Too Well, 10-minute version, Taylor's version. So real. Oh. So real. <laughs> Madison. <laughs> so true. Um, wait, Madison, what is your little nodding about? Because I just I forgot it existed. I forgot that you existed. Mm. Like I forgot that you <laughs> do that a lot. And you are, the one, <laughs> you are the one that always reminds me that that song exists. And then I go back and listen to it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is really good. But I totally understand that. That song is like i am hoping and praying that sacred prayer yes these are my sacred prayers <laughs> that the last like four minutes of that song are a sign of the type of music that's to come from taylor yeah um, because those last four minutes are so like speak to my entire body my entire soul everything that I want from listening to music I literally feel like I'm diving into a pool yeah of like like the perfect temperature water Mm. like the kind of baths that people take so that they feel like they're just floating like the salt baths yeah the salt baths Mm-hmm. yes the salt baths that carry you and the temperatures the same temperature as your skin so you don't know where your skin and your and the water ends Ugh. like that is what all too well 10 minute version is for me yeah yeah specifically the last four yeah. minutes yeah the last four minutes are so fucking ethereal and the way I that it, it fades out I'm like why did you this is so dreamlike and yes. oh god anyway perfect uh, yeah, they're just perfect. They're perfect. And I think that it's not number one for me because I have it. It's very personal and um, I don't like how popular it is because at right. the end of the day, I'm always going to be like an indie bitch that yeah. likes to have things for herself only. So true. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just really relate to the gatekeep part of girl boss gaslight gatekeep. Agreed. Uh, but I try to keep it inside. So <laughs> having oh. it be number four is my right. attempt at gatekeeping the song. Right. Yes, yes, as you did. Yeah. Right. I'm glad you mentioned it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was thinking about that song again for the same reasons. I think the the like end part of that song, especially the soldier who coming back with half her weight and, and exactly. stuff like that whole your twin is, flame. Um, it's so good and her SNL performance of that song unreal yeah anyway but I didn't add it to my list because like if I think of the song as a whole it's not in my top 10 but if like we ever did like bridges or endings or specific parts that whole (laughs) right yeah top 10 top 10 third verses (laughs) 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 if we're putting out episodes of the archers that the degree <laughs> are. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Please. If we ever when we do like multiple each club is just gonna be a ranking of very specific ranking <laughs> <laughs> our favorite our top ton favorite lyrics like favorite drum lines mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. only done by Jack Antonoff. Top yes. ten exactly my yes. number four is all he had to do was stay from oh. 1989 yeah okay. i am a huge oh, 1989 oh, so good. i'm a huge 1989 girly 
I, it was like, that was like my Taylor era album. One of our episode covers is photos of my cracked iPod where I had the song <laughs> on my iPod because I listened to it all the time. Uh. If I had to just rank her songs, like not how I like them, it'd be one of her best songs for me. Mm-hmm. And, and it's kind of like Death by a Thousand Cats where it's not like a breakup song. It's like yes. a relationship ending song. Like all you had to do was stay. Like we're not together, not be broke up, but because all I had to do was stay. Mm-hmm. And again with the Diana Negron representation yeah. um and, <laughs> and yeah. it's just it's like there's so many good songs from 1989 that like again trying to balance that with Evermore and all of the songs and reputation tricky business but that is the song that I'm choosing for my 1989 representative oh. I'm a 1989 yeah. girl myself um. <laughs> Definitely so my peak Swifty era was 1989 for sure. Um, my number four is Holy Ground. So oh. true. So, so true. true. Okay, that's mm-hmm. the thing. I was listening to Holy Ground and the last time, like on rotation, on repeat, I was like, ooh, anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, Holy Ground is really good, really underrated. Um, yeah. It's just like sticks with me so much for some reason. I think it also has to do with like, I love new york i went to college there so it's just mm-hmm. like a lot of like i was reminiscing just the other yeah. day like i yeah. reminisce about my time yeah. in new york. <laughs> yeah right as you do uh sometimes madison you just uh you know drop your favorite songs that i'm like ultimately there is a core understanding between us of our favorite taylor songs yeah even when i just agree even when it's time to go is on my last placement for the evermore ring i remember when i heard that i had one-sided words (laughs) (laughs) that it's time to go was on my last i had i had to pause and just take take a moment please so now that we're in our top three my third favorite song is false god which relates to holy ground like such parallels but when i heard false god for the first time i was like wait turn the shit up like what like Like it's a what yeah like you the altar is my hips i was like the altar is a Talk about who getting heads? <laughs> Emily Dickinson was getting her best head. Yeah. Ivy Taylor. Oh my god! Right. I, Imagine if they had done False God. There's still time. Like people would have died. Like there would have been casualties. Like, the little it, horn. I think it's a saxophone in False yeah, God. The, saxophone. the jazziness of it, and then her performance, her live performance, and all. Wow, 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 fingering wow. the air. Yeah. Fucking goodbye. Like, oh my god she looks so good on that performance and like Mm -hmm. I love her like songs that are like like kind of steamy like she's giving like it's like because it's so rare I feel like she doesn't really talk about like having sex in her music (laughs) but false god very much is yes right and like it's also like like I'm New York City I still do it for you or she's like you know I I can't talk to you when you're like this like like it's like it's this tension of like I I can't stand you, but I like I, I love it's yeah, yeah. Horny, but like I can't stand you. Like it's like so true, babe. I'm a Leo Venus, by the way. Like <laughs> I just Ooh. love this. <laughs> A Leo Venus. Yeah. I feel like that's rare. I feel like I never hear about people that are Leo Venuses. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. I love that. I'm familiar. <laughs> I love with religious motif. 
in yeah. anything. Yes, I love religious motifs. And so the religious, like whenever there's a, a intersection between like religion or religious repression and sexuality, I eat that shit up. That's, That's why, why you love Fleabag. It's one of my favorite. I, I love Fleabag. I love Disobedience. I love Shiva Baby. I love Novitiate. Um, I want to watch Benedette. Like all of them. I need to watch Shiva I Baby. eat it up. You need yes, to you watch do. Shiva Baby. Yes, I'm no, almost scared of what's true. gonna happen because I will not stop talking about Diana for like three months. <laughs> she I'm looks serious. so good. So, I know. She's so, good. so <laughs> milky. She's so hot. She's like. so... My number three is similar to uh, False God, also in Lover. My number three is Daylight. Wow. That makes so much sense for you. Yeah. Because like you're like in love or whatever. It does. <laughs> Guys, Katie's last name is Golden. <gasps> oh my God. That's not Katie's like born last name. Katie and her wife combined their last names and it combined perfectly to be Golden. Shut the fuck up. Pre-daylight, pre-them even listening to Taylor Swift together. Yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ. Goals. I literally almost cried over that. <laughs> oh, Madison. This that is makes me so happy. Me, part two of acting normal, hearing about Katie's <laughs> I'm like, I'm reacting to this in a very level-headed, normal way. That any, uh, like, yeah, married people with shared last names, totally, totally <laughs> I'm reacting and handling this in a proportionate way to this news, 100%. Uh. Thank That's, you for this very- You're so grounded. Objective. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. right. <laughs> That's very sweet. I just, I love how sweet you're being. Um, yeah, so her maiden name was Goldsmith and my maiden name was Jacobson, S-E-N. Um, so we combined it to be Golden. Um, oh, God. And it when we heard Daylight, we were like, Shut the what fuck the right. fuck? right. Like love is again Taylor writing songs for specific people, like for yeah, specific people. yeah, yeah. And not only that, but the like first two years of our relationship, um, I was in Boston and she was going to school in New York. Back and so forth. literally back and forth from New York, sneaking in your bed. Uh, I just like what the fuck? Like why? Literally what? Literally yeah, what? Hold it. I can't. <laughs> Please. Yeah. Uh, wow. So, so that's like. Together kind of our couple song me and me and lizzie so yeah it's definitely my third yeah beautiful couple song my number three is getaway car from reputation i can't believe getaway Um, car has made so many cameos here wow like you bitches are gay like (laughs) so Real, hashtag realty it was between getaway car and dancing with hands tied mine so also was when, between those two for my rep, exactly rep. so when katie was like the your main gripe with getaway car it's not a more everything on the line in the way that dancing with a hand side was i was like true because that was kind of what i was balancing but yep. i am such i i can't resist a bonnie and clyde or like Romeo, like yeah. any cliche any couple of cliche metaphor involving like, crime ex- like, like especially involving crime right, and right, this right, kind right. of like betra- like betrayal like leaving and like uh like that whole you love um, a cheater like yeah not, and yeah. i also grew up listening to jack and diane i do love fictional cheaters fictional cheaters is one of my favorite <laughs> things that's are why high. that's why the religion thing is also like mm, infidelity. True. that's why yeah. the only 
gay infidelity. 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 So true. Because the only um, storyline of the L word that I've ever seen is the one between Bet and Jody, and it hurts me how they end. But anyways, I'm not going to get into that because Jody deserved better. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Getaway Car is so so good. I love, oh, this is what also I was going to say, is that I grew up listening to um, Jack and Diane by John Mellencamp and also Take the Money and Run about like this like young couple being like uh, chased by PI because, you know, robbery and stuff and all that. And then the, it's a whole, there's a whole, anyways, if you know the song, you know the song, but those being iconic songs from my childhood and listening to them, whenever I hear any song that even remotely ties back to like my classic rock roots a little a little like space in my heart that's also why I love even though it's not on my list no body no crime because mm. it reminds me of uh lights went out in Georgia by not originally Ooh. by McIntyre but popularized by yes. McIntyre yeah and when I heard that I was like country fan like she's reminding me that she's a country fan because nobody no crime sounds a lot like it and also some of her other songs sound a lot like fancy as well I think especially the ones that pertain to bearding have a lot of roots that you can see that Taylor Swift does have her country music like background and her classic rock background even if that's not the genre that her music sounds like lyrically and storytelling wise she knows Mm -hmm previous genres and I think that's really influenced because like in Miss America her dad tries to compare to Bob Hope and everyone's like sir please but <laughs> I think that her on those comparisons being exactly Crosby. but I think her knowledge of these and obviously at some point being those people being the standard for her career at whatever point has such an on her writing and her creativity and how she approaches storytelling in her musical medium that I think is like Again, like when it comes to literature and when it comes to writing good pop music and just good music and good storytelling, she has very clear and distinct roots. And I think Getaway Car kind of combines that. It combines her older music history that she has and her literary knowledge that she has and puts it in a great sapphic song. So even just- when they were making the song, that video of her being like, I want the bridge to be kind of a Dylan-y thing. And then exactly. Jack's like, oh yeah, I mean, totally. like, John Dylan. But yes. The song definitely <laughs> well, was <laughs> influenced by a million. But yes, as an yeah. influence. Uh, it was amazing to hear you name drop so many Reba songs also. Um, amazing. <laughs> I'm, I'm a huge, well, here on the radio, I think, which is from Reba's, like, I think it came out in 2010. I love that song. Is it on the radio? I think it's called On the Radio. And that reminds me a lot of, like, some Taylor songs, especially. It's, like, I think, like, like I Bet You Think About Me. <gasps> Just now thought of that. I Bet You Think About Me and Hear It On The Radio by Reba. After this, y'all need to listen. All the listeners, <laughs> tune in. Keep I love them up back to back. No, I'm going to look into all of those oh, connections. I... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Madison's ready to deep dive. No, I love having new material. <laughs> My number for three, sure. Um, do I even have to say? It's Ivy. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> not Ivy. I don't, I'm not going to say anything else. Like we've covered it. Right. Everyone knows. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Ivy. Yeah. Yeah. My number two is Renegade, which 
not everyone gasping how i wish i would have thought to put that on my list or it would have been in my top three too it was immediately i was like renegade's gonna be in my top like three like i don't give a fuck like it's gonna be oh my god we are renegades we were counting it no that's fine does everyone know everyone know on the record (laughs) (laughs) on the record yeah no renegade's just perfect because when i listen to it i can i it relates to so many instances in my life but also in me like she's singing to me and i'm the singer too like and i feel like that's how everyone relates to the song yes it's like is it really your anxiety or do you just you know it's like so true taylor like how do you know and plus i i just have so many good memories to it and it just dropped at like such a good time in my life and it's just so fucking perfect it's like it's like a blend of all of her best like all of my favorite sounds from her like yes in one song. it's i agree and it has the same catchiness as right where you left me to me they have like the right same category of like where you just can't stop listening to it you yes. can't stop cycling through it in your head like, yes yeah literally Okay, my number two is I did something bad from reputation. <laughs> my drop. wow, wow. Um, I love that song. I don't say than... it, but millennial. <laughs> millennial Sag. Millennial Sagittarius, and I did something bad. There's a connection there. <gasps> there. I next time just call me a slur. Katie, reaction you know I love you. to her. There was a time when I was really proud to be a millennial, and I still am. <laughs> I still am when I talk to other millennials. I don't need all of you guys. Not the Gen Zers coming for your ass. But it's like with Taylor, like yeah. you are a millennial, I know. sapphic Sagittarius with Taylor. Like yeah. that exactly. is a flex. When I tell you that's the one thing that keeps me afloat, knowing <laughs> that Taylor is also a millennial. This song is so like little cartoon bear with a cowboy hat on slinging guns yeah and bitch when i say i am at my core a little cartoon cowgirl bear Mm -hmm. slinging little guns Mm -hmm. i really want to get um go ahead and light me up tattooed on my body yeah because it's so funny because they're burning all of the witches even if you aren't one Mm. is like peak white woman victimization (laughs) like you know that phrase that like we are the daughters of the witches you you couldn't burn that's literally taylor yeah please i'm dead but it's like (laughs) she does she has like a placard that unironically mm-hmm. says girl boss and then next to it a placard that unironically says we are the daughters of the witches you couldn't burn like <laughs> exactly so that line i'm like no um but then see this is always the thing with taylor is that you always think that she's only on the surface level thought mm-hmm. and then the fucking saying so go ahead and light me up. Like she's literally mm. saying like, I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to tell you that I'm not what you think I am. Mm-hmm. You think that I am something. So burn me. Like mm-hmm. that is my core. Yeah, That is my core. I, for my whole life, have never felt the need to defend myself against people that simply choose not to understand you anyway choose not to understand me so So her saying 
go ahead and light me up i'm like fuck yes Mm -hmm. like like uh, light me on fire if you think that that's what i need like i'm not going to stop you because i know that like through fire i'm just going to transform and like rise Mm -hmm. again whether i'm a witch or not you're gonna burn so why defend myself against that i think is interesting that she has okay do what you want because she is as you guys said like a Sagittarius and with the archers like she's equipped with a bow and arrow she's the only sign that has a human she's the only sign that is inherently equipped to defend themselves Mm -hmm. and like she has the option to defend or not to and she knows that as someone who is equipped with a weapon when to use it and when to not right and There's only so many arrows she knew her truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. exactly and why am i gonna shoot She's my like, arrow at someone that's not looking to understand me anyways mm-hmm. exactly. i'll waste my arrow on something that i actually yeah. care about and that i can actually defend man part so of the centaur yeah mm. the man if you will the man. <laughs> getting bitches and models <laughs> so true and then just quickly another reason why i want to say that i love it so much is Lizzie and I do drive around listening to Reputation constantly. I'm, dead. I'm um, so dead. With like the windows drop. down. In your getaway and car. And <laughs> we, we love making finger guns to it. I love <laughs> that. Really fun. That is very bang, bang. True. Oh my God. Okay, enough. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> no. um, what's your second? <laughs> my number two is a, a real uh, tone shift is nothing new which is a vault track yeah. from Red with yeah. That was on one of my, wow. I was considering putting it on the top of me, but I was like, no, this that's a little bit too sad for Sunday. I cannot. It, th- that's the thing. It's number two. It's just like- The tragedy uh, of girlhood. gifted kid <laughs> and growing out and, you know, not being that like overachiever young person that I was a part of the like um, public speaking uh, democratic industry. complex of being like the token uh you know activist industrial complex like special yeah syndrome yeah yeah and her reflecting on being like you know the like breakout star and then now being like okay now that it's just like a career like what do I do when I'm nothing new it it just spoke to me as that hashtag ex-gifted kid burnout uh early 20s grappling (laughs) so and trying to grab onto anything that will kind of like give you that same like rush especially with Taylor Swift talking about being like seen as like she wanted to be like a good girl and get those pats on the head your Virgo rising that made me literally the Virgo (laughs) rising please yeah okay so no it's true but yeah so that all of that wrapped up my number two is clean um this song I don't know it was my peak Swifty era in 1989 and clean was always my favorite off of that album and clean just it's grown on me as I grow older as I get into more situations where I have to wash myself clean of things and like end cycles that aren't good for me and I know that they're not good for me and the way that it hurts to end toxic cycles even though it's good for you and you're clean now it doesn't mean you don't miss it yeah it's like yeah. I, we talked about in the Evermore episode that liminal space between when you're healing, like happiness of like, yeah, all things are true. Yeah. And that's like my new philosophy in life the past few years is just like so many things can be true. I can miss very toxic parts of my life and mm-hmm. also be healing from them simultaneously. And that's just a part of it. Um, and I just yeah. think clean is like also 
a perfect song in general like truly it's on like my pop perfection playlist even mm. though every song from 1989 could go on that playlist yeah. like clean made it yeah. on there yeah I love clean I like that this is like my deepest like it's so personal that I don't even talk about the song because I don't mm. want I'm gatekeeping clean like clean Taylor's clean. version yeah. is certified <laughs> Madison coded because yes. it's oof yeah oh, yeah that's our cancer with the whole water motif. Like, yeah, yeah. clean is also something that I, when exactly. I'm like in my feelings, I'm like, okay, time to turn on clean. Yeah. Um, but on, I guess a happier note, my number one song is The Last Great American Dynasty because- <gasps> so Whoa, I can't believe I didn't guess that for you. Well, yeah, because it's so sunny. Like, you know what I mean? Because it's like, yeah. it was sunny. The salt box house on the road took her mind off St. Louis. And like, and, and then like, she was the maddest woman this town has ever seen. Like I have, there's so many lines and I'm like, oh my God, that's so me because yeah, my name is Sunny. I'm from St. Louis. And especially in my town, like I have this, uh, not to like. You have haters. You have I, I have, I got shooters everywhere. Like it's yeah. so true. Especially in that, that idea of like that small town and like flowing, flying in your bitch pack friends from the city. Like, like all these things. It's like <laughs> me, I'm the bitch pack friends. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah and I think it's so meta because Taylor Swift is singing about someone else which is about herself which is about someone like it's just like I'm, I'm obsessed with it storytelling perfect the listenability is fucking crazy the the bridge the build-up to it and then like the reveal like uh I, I love a story I love books and I think this is just like it's like a book in a song and mm, totally. it's so it's so sunny so yeah <laughs> Oh my god, that I makes love so that. much sense. Yeah. <laughs> knowing, knowing that that's your number one is like transformative for how <laughs> I'm going to be thinking of you and like holding you. Like, uh, I just, I love that. I love knowing that. Right. And it's also so contradictory too, because like, obviously like, I don't think America or dynasties exactly. or whatever are like, I think that's exactly. bullshit. But the thing is, is that the song itself is about that you know it's like yeah. she can't it's like bullshit. right you can't live up to something that no longer exists and shouldn't you know it's like it's like that's why right. she's the maddest woman like damn like whatever mm. you know and she just she's like fuck it like that's how I am and it's like so true Taylor anyway I love and she that. can say that because she didn't grow up in a mansion so <laughs> <laughs> cable bills were not getting paid by an American dynasty or by gas exactly. money oil money okay <laughs> Okay, my number one Taylor song is New Romantics. Shut up. No way. Yeah. Yay. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gay. Gay people. Gay people. <laughs> it is her like magnum opus. I think that it um it perfectly like encapsulates the addictiveness of Taylor and like how she's really for the girls Ooh, like she's yeah. so like girl for girl just <laughs> I really used to think that literally. she yeah I mean literally yeah um I just feel like beyond even being like sapphic and obviously like to me it's the most like openly sapphic of any of her songs even um uh, just because it's like you guys are it, like because it's, bathrooms are so gendered yeah. Uh, like and mascara is so gendered and she's literally like uh, it's all just to another girl that she's like best friends with and then on top of that it's like oh. so addictive 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 <laughs> it is. yeah I feel like there's not a lot for me to say about new romantics at this time because I do want to go into it more um 
but yeah that's it that's like the katie song new romantics is my is the song i feel good people identifying me with taylor i had a feeling when it wasn't on the rest of your top 10 i was like okay she's got it number one (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, i was shocked to hear that i've i'm shocked that i've heard from your list cowboy like me and clean i'm on the edge of my seat to find out your number one right um, my number one has been mentioned already, but I'm sure no one's surprised. It's right where you left me. Yeah. It was yeah. my most streamed song of 2021. It is my most streamed Taylor song. I think it also proves the fact that it's a bonus track, that she's preying on the downfall of Evermore. She does not want to see it shine. She does not want yeah. to see Evermore succeed. It's too gay. Because <laughs> why on God green earth was that a bonus track and not dead center like yeah. the spotlight needs to be on it because yeah. I was like a, a Kaler stain when they're like besties like back in the mm-hmm. day like in when I was like a kid I loved their friendship mm-hmm. and then obviously learning more about it in my <laughs> but I remember like when Evermore came out immediately clocking that it was about Kay- like no right. doc no analysis needed yeah I, yeah like yeah you could just hear it and you could so deeply visualize it and then again being an Evelyn Hugo stan as I am the Evelyn Celia parallels parallels are yeah. off the charts all that combined the lyricism the storytelling the drama it's gay it's it's a period piece it's <laughs> all of it it has it's like more to harm mind my business but then I'm the person who can't be named at your wedding and is secretly ruining it and tearing down the cake and (laughs) teaching kids how to flip people off at the kids table but I cause no harm and mind my business you have your wedding I'm sure it's fine (laughs) the wedding I didn't go to but us being best friends yeah whatever the exactly and in speak now that I happen to just not be invited I just happen to know everyone who's at the wedding but I'm not on the guest list but mm. sure it's it's fine yeah. also the because if you know like if you know like with Carly like the idea of Carly having like Taylor having to watch Carly get engaged and married from that ex perspective and the tears and knowing that like the bearding is gonna continue. Ooh, girl. again if you if it's there's a lot yeah so that's all I'm gonna yeah. say I, I, I'm regretting not putting this on my top 10, but I'm glad it got representation um, elsewhere because it also was my top song of 2021. So weird that it's not on my top 10, but mm. um, my number one is The Archer. So oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the song that brought me back to Taylor yeah. um, when Lover came out. I hated all of Lover. I didn't even like Cornelia <laughs> Street. I didn't like any songs on Lover. Oh, oh I just God. realized I was going to do a gag. Damn it. I was going to do a gag and say number one was you need to calm down to see your guys' reaction. <laughs> That would have been so funny. That would have been Damn it. That would have been I'm so mad that I forgot to do that. No. Um, uh. but yeah, the archer is just like the most vulnerable we've ever seen Taylor, I think. Yeah. And I I'm a sad, what can I say? I'm a sucker for what some sad representation. Yeah. So true. I cannot believe that I emailed you being like, let's name our podcast after the archer. And like I had no idea who you were at that point. Like that's amazing. <laughs> No, literally. Oh. And Katie was just like, I don't know if that's a bad idea. Like, tell me what, like what you think. And I was like, that's my favorite Taylor Swift song. So I think wow. that perfectly, actually. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Well, we are at our time and yeah, I yes. think we gave each other, we sprinkled in our recommendations throughout this because yeah. we were talking about so many other pieces of media, but you know, thank you so much for being on the Lavender Menace. We appreciate you so much. Yeah. 
Thank you. Uh, so happy. I can't wait to listen to this too. Like I'm so excited. I can't wait to have you two on to talk uh to talk reputation. Can't wait to guest feature. I'm so fucking excited. I know I loved our little glimpse of reputation talk. I can't wait to get more into it, you guys. Exactly. Uh, okay, bye everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.